0: Last week, I was telling you that in order to become a generous person, you needed a plan. That Without a plan, you know, you're not really generous. You're just a random giver. Uh, but, but a plan makes all, all the difference. God is a planner. We're created in His image, and He has a plan. He has a, a universal plan. He's got a personal plan. <clears throat> Next week, we're going to talk about the personal plan. This week, the universal plan, would you stand with us? And let's read the first 10 verses. Of Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. under Christ. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the grace that you have and the love that you have lavished upon us. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would uh, change our lives today, change our way of thinking, our way of looking at things today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And let me just say, I, uh, while <clears throat> you know, I did make the remark about a baby coming out to be dedicated, I do understand that there are people who couldn't make it here today. So you know, I, I, don't wanna, I, 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 don't, I don't want anybody to, to feel badly about that. And if you're watching online, then you should especially feel good because you are a faithful person. Uh, <clears throat> and if you're not, then okay, watch it later. Uh, <clears throat> God has a plan. First of all, let me point out that God is omniscient. That's a big word. Does everybody know what it means? A lot of you know what it means. It it, it means that that God knows everything. We know so little, so very little. Not only do we not know the answers to all of our questions, and all of us have questions that we don't know the answer to. Not only do we not know the answer to all of our questions, we don't even know uh, some of the questions that exist, some of the very important questions that exist. And, and some of the questions that are vital seem so absurd to us because we don't understand how important they are that they don't even tweak our interest. Um, read Job 38 if you want to see some of those questions. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to, To end, we have eternity in our hearts. Uh, Every every person is born with that inside of them, with with an expectation of that inside of them. Now, over time, as we go through life and we become jaded and we become cynical and we um, lose the mystery and the wonder of life that we have in the beginning, the the world robs us of that. uh, Over time, we might come to the place where we just go, ah, you know, no, there's 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 nothing. It's this and it's and it's all over. But if that was really how we all felt, there would be no, there would be no there'd be no art, there'd be no music, there'd be no love, there it, 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 there would just be despair. It, there would just be desperation. E- eternity is very definitely placed into our hearts. But no one can fathom what God has done. We know it's out there, we know it exists. But what is he? What is eternity? Even, you know, can't, we can't even comprehend there being no time. When I was uh, when I was uh, a kid, I was an only child. In case you hadn't figured that out already, uh, I was the only child, and we would go on trips, and uh, we'd go to see my grandmother, and it was it was a four and a half hour drive to get to Union City, and there were no interstates, and you took all these little back roads and everything, and uh, and I get car sick, and and I always rode in the back seat all by myself. So I would become uh, delusional, and I would think, uh, I would try to imagine eternity, and i kind of go, oh, Wow, what must that be? You know, forever and never, never and never and never stop, never stop, never stop, never stop. I was becoming. Uh, never mind, uh, and I couldn't. And I couldn't, and, and I still can't. I, we can't grasp eternities in our hearts, but we can only grasp the, the very tip of His works. Not, nothing, nothing, really deep of what God of what God has done. We can't begin to explore the depths of even the physical, material works of God, much less the invisible works of God. But God knows everything, and nothing catches Him off guard. Nothing, nothing. Uh, comes to him without notice in Isaiah uh, chapter 46 God says I make known the end from the beginning from ancient times what is still to come I say my purpose will stand and I will do what I please he knows the end from the beginning he has a purpose he has a plan it will prevail he has both a personal plan and a universal plan and today we're going to look at the the universal plan, and this is the universal plan, it is that it, the beginning of it is, is that he has given us every spiritual blessing. Every, every spiritual blessing has been given us through Christ Jesus. What, what is a spiritual blessing? I mean, we kind of know what a, a, a material blessing would be. We, uh, you know, you get a raise at work or something like that. That's a That's a, a material blessing. Uh, We get healed, uh, we're sick, we get better. That's a a material blessing. Uh, Let's transfer that over to the spiritual realm. And there's a lot of things we could talk about, but uh, let's do the foundational ones uh, for the kingdom. Righteousness is one of the blessings that uh, that he's given to us. Now, righteousness uh, is uh, is very simply uh, being in right standing with God. That's what righteousness is. Uh, It really doesn't have anything to do with the clothes that you wear, praise God. It it really doesn't have anything to do necessarily all that much with what you do, but uh, it is God declaring this person's in right standing with me. There There are people in your life who are stinkers that are in right standing with you, and then there are people in your life who are pretty good people that you don't care much for. Uh, Now, the stinkers are maybe in right standing with you because they're in your family or because they did something good at some point in time or you just like them, you know, that you think they're cute or something, you know, be careful, girls, because there will be stinkers who are cute, (laughs) who will come to you, but they're still stinkers and they should not be in right standing with you. There you go. Spoken like a daddy. Righteousness isn't right. State. Well what is, what is right? I mean sometimes we can we can argue in the in the human sphere. We, we, we can argue ad nauseum and debate what is right and what is wrong. One person's patriot is another person's stinking rebel, one man's ceiling is another man's floor. Uh, what, is, what is truly right though is easy to define. It's whatever God does. That's what is right. That's, that's the only true definition of right. Over in Daniel uh, chapter 4, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, gets his comeuppance, if you will. And at, at the end of that, he gains wisdom because often after getting our comeuppance, we do gain wisdom. Uh, oh, gee, what? There was something recently that happened that brought this up. Um, it, when I was in the fourth grade, I got a really important lesson in comeuppance. Because, and I think I've shared this before, but uh, I shared about Billy Thomas stealing my lunch. Yeah, yeah, some of you remember it. Well, those of you who don't, Billy Thomas stole my lunch. Only he didn't. And I thought he did. And I made a big stink about it until I got home and found the lunch on the couch. And it taught me about not jumping to conclusions about things. And, and And so it taught me wisdom. And, and Nebuchadnezzar got taught some wisdom in Daniel chapter 4. And, and he, uh, he ends up saying this. Now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Everything he does is right. All of his ways are just. I trust that. I, believe, I don't understand everything that God does. I can't explain everything that God does, but the Bible tells me, and I believe that everything he does is right. Hosea chapter 14 says this, who is wise, let them realize these things. Who is discerning, let them understand. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. How can, you know, the liberal and the conservative both be right, now, the socialists, the capitalists both be right, the, uh, the monarchist, the 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 the, the Democrat, the uh, um, uh, the Calvinist, the Armenian, the uh, the um, um, the Dodger, the Yankee, the, the cowboy, the 49er, I Know which one of those is right? Uh, the optimist, the pessimist. It, it, it seems impossible, but think a little deeper, because we're not talking about who's right and who's wrong. Those things do not define a person's soul. My my political beliefs, my affiliations, my my doctrinal theology, my uh, sports affiliations, for sure. Those things do not define what's inside of me. What's really important. And God's not, we're not talking here about God has said, okay, you're right, everything. No, it's about being made righteous with him and he has... He has, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And he's blessed us with righteousness. And our righteousness is not based on whether or not we are right in all of our opinions that we've got. In fact, all of our righteous acts, Isaiah says, are like filthy rags. They amount, they amount to nothing, worse than nothing. Throw that thing in the washer. So he's given us righteousness. That's a spiritual uh, blessing he's given to us. He's given us, he's given us peace. And, and some of you may wonder, well, you know, if God has given me peace, why don't I have any? Why, why am I not experiencing peace in my, in my life? Kevin uh, was sharing about uh, the anxiety, of course, that they went through having their child, but he didn't freak out. I mean, there was an underlying layer of peace there because I know Kevin and I know that he knew that God was in control. He can go, well, why, why do I freak out? Why, why am I not got this, this peace? Well, just because you've been given something doesn't mean that you ever use it or even know where you keep it. I mean, if you're given a beautiful painting and you put it in your attic, then its beauty is worthless to you. If you're given a, an inspiring, wonderful recording and you never, you know, put put, put the earphones on and listen to it, you never uh, spend any time with it. Then uh, you live as if you don't have it. God has given us a peace, but but if we spend our time filling our lives with the voices of the haters. And, and those who make their living sowing discord and upset and, 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 and then oftentimes will take that bile and, 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 and even dump it on social media so that other people can enjoy the upset that we are presently enjoying in our lives. Uh, we, we might have a hard time remembering where that peace was, where it got put experiencing in our lives. See, all this other stuff is just stuff. But he's given us peace because he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. I remember a time, this was before I ever went in the ministry, so this was a long time ago. (laughs) This would have been uh, early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, however many years ago that was. And uh, I remember... Uh, listening to some kind of newscast or something about uh, all the stuff that was going on in the Middle East and and Israel and the Arabs and stuff, and just uh, you know, I I remember getting in the car to drive to work, and I was just just agitated about it. And 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 I used to, you know, I mean, people, (laughs) you know, don't do not text and drive, okay? Uh, but it's probably okay to read your Bible and drive if there's nothing coming. And, uh, and, and, and I, and, you know, there, no, it's not, really. Yeah, I mean, Rhonda just caught me there. Yeah, no, do not do that. But it was okay back in the late 70s and early 80s because <laughs> there wasn't nearly as much traffic on the interstate in those days. And, uh, and, and I remember coming across, a, I, I ended up, I was reading a, uh, a, a psalm about God's destiny for his people and what he's got for them. And all of a sudden I went, Okay, he's got this. I, 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 don't, I don't have to get bent out of shape about this. Peace began to come over me. That's, that's how you get it. Righteousness, peace, spiritual blessing. Another spiritual blessing that he's given to us is joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Everybody came to church and began Crying. And Nehemiah said, no, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not what this is all about. This isn't, this isn't how you're, you're supposed to do that. Well, what what joy do I have in the Lord? Well, how about this? Your salvation can't be taken away. Woo! Your destiny cannot be taken away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm down with that. His love cannot be taken away. That's some, that's some joy. And let me let me... I tell you what, let's do the Catholic thing. Stand up and we're going to read another verse of scripture here. I don't know if they read verses of scripture, but they get up and get down and get up and get down. So we'll do that. (laughs) For I am convinced that neither life nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, uh, I'm going to do the Wayne Berry thing. Let's read it again as if we were convinced. (laughs) Okay? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You can sit down. Speaking of Wayne Berry, uh, I I meant to mention this last week, but it got by me. Uh, He's in Cuba uh, ministering with uh, um, Bishop Garlington down there. And I told Arwen that this morning. She said, Cuba? Can he even go there? I said, well, he is there. So, you know, we'll see if he gets back or not. But, uh, but, but pray for him, you know, while he's down there. Uh, okay, now stand back up. I've got another, I've got another verse for you to read uh, here and, and read this like you mean it, okay? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Sit down. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I got the love of Jesus in my heart. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. I got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart to stay. Okay, I gotta preach now. Uh, If you haven't been experiencing much joy lately, when was the last time you thought about these verses? I mean, seriously. they, They cover it all. Whatever you're going through in life. Nothing can separate you from God's love, and He's at work for your good in everything that's going on. It angers me. To think that men in the church have done so much to suppress the joy of the Lord and mask it from the world. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, there's no, I'm, it's not like I want to go out and, you know, beat anybody up or anything because I understand that different people uh, have different spirituality um, frequencies in their lives. You know, and, and, for, and many, many people would be extremely uncomfortable with what we just did. Some of you maybe be very uh, uncomfortable with what we just did, but, but many people would be, and, 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 and that's okay. But uh, somehow or another, the, the overriding impression of, of church and the worship of the Lord to the world became one of, okay, do I go to the dentist or do I go to church? Which one would be more fun? And that's just not the way it is. The scripture says in his presence is the fullness of joy. Yes, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But fear and trembling was never meant to trump righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you start from fear and trembling, you're not going to get very far. You start with righteousness, peace, and joy, and then you can add all kinds of stuff. You've got a foundation to build on. And that's, that's how it, he's given us every spiritual blessing. And he's got a plan. And the plan includes the fact that you were chosen. He chose us. He adopted us. In accordance with the pleasure of his will, we were born not of a natural descent, nor of a human decision, nor of a husband's will. We were born of God. It was, it was his decision. Jesus says over in John 15, 16, you did not choose me. I chose you. Now, yes, he was speaking specifically to the disciples, but he was speaking to you as well. Uh, Does this mean we have no choice? I don't think so. No, I I, I don't think that at all. Uh, Some would argue uh, otherwise, but if if we have no choice, that should have started back in Eden. Uh, Hopefully, Adam and Eve would have had no choice, Uh, and they did. And we're created in God's image, and God always has choice. So we, we have choice. And if you have no choice, you have no freedom. People with no choice are slaves. What it does mean is that none of us have come to Christ by accident. None of us have, have accepted the gospel or been included in the family of God Unnoticed when, when eternity does happen, God's not going to look at, at any of you and go, Oh, you're here. No, whenever, whenever a person comes to a place, you know, and there are, there are a lot of ways that people come to the Lord. Uh, Tammy was, was talking this morning about, you know, do you remember that time? And I grew up singing that song, You know, I was there when it happened, and I guess I ought to know. Uh, Margaret doesn't remember the time because she doesn't know a time she didn't know the Lord. That, that's kind of like a Timothy thing. And you know, for some people it just kinda, it kinda sneaks up on them and they just realize one day, hey, I'm a believer. I actually believe this stuff. You know, and for others, there's a, you know, there there is a specific time specific moment when it happens and for all of them but in particular for those who there's a specific time a specific moment you didn't you didn't come to that moment by accident you didn't get up you didn't you didn't just happen there and God goes oh he's here okay let's do it no no you were chosen that that's part of the plan that God has and another part of the plan is, is, is redemption. You were redeemed and, and the forgiveness of sins. We were also for, forgiven. All, all of those are, are part of that plan. And in order for something to be redeemed, it must first be fallen. It must first have been at a state and lose that state in order to have to be brought back to it. He knew about the fall, he knew about sin. It, it wasn't, none of those things caught him by surprise. He he knows about the sin in your life. When he called you, he already knew the things that you had done, the things that you were going to do. But he redeemed you. Psalm 40 says this, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord." When I when I came back to the Lord in my mid twenties, there was a, a, a hymn. I guess you'd call it a hymn. It's really a camp meeting song that uh, that we used to sing when I was a kid. And boy, it meant so much to me. And and the uh, the word the the chorus just simply went, He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, a song of praise, hallelujah. And the reason it meant so much to me was because I could remember six weeks ago what that miry clay felt like. What what being just covered in muck and mud felt like. And he just lifted me out of it. Because he's redeemed us. He's forgiven us. Brad was talking this morning about the snow covering. Alan mentioned that passage in in our prayer time before uh, church. uh, Isaiah 118. Come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be scarlet, they shall be as snow. And and I was thinking, boy, I'm going to use that verse because... We got snow out there, everybody can look at. Well, Brad stole it from me. Uh, but he also, I, I was thinking as he said it, you know, he was talking about, yeah, you got, those, you got those cracks, you got those weeds, you got those toys that should have been picked up and, and, all, and tools that, uh, that were left out in the yard and things like that. You got all that stuff and yeah, it is all covered. Uh, the analogy on one level breaks down though because we think, yeah, but that stuff's all still there. And in the natural, yeah, that stuff's all still there. The snow's going to go away, and somebody's still got to pick up those toys. Yeah. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. Yeah, that stuff may be covered, but we're going to find out one of these days that it's not just covered, it's gone. It's not even there anymore. There are things in my life that I've done that I'm certainly not proud of. And I need to try and avoid doing more of those. But if I read the Bible right, when I stand before God, and the devil tries to go, well, you remember when he did? And God goes, no. The omniscient one who knows everything goes, no, I don't remember that. mystery. And God has revealed to us the, the mystery of the plan. With all wisdom and understanding, He has made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He proposed in Christ. Wisdom and understanding. God uses wisdom in doing this. Wisdom is very simply understanding what to do with knowledge. That's Knowledge is a thing. Wisdom is understanding what, what to do with it. He knew about the fall. He knew about our sin and his purpose. And he knew how best to reveal this mystery to and through us. You know, what's it all about? Why Why, why are we having to go through it? Why didn't he just stop it? Right? You know, what? Why? 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 There's so many whys. And the answer is, well, it's all happening to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That's the ultimate plan. Unity is a sweet and wonderful thing. Psalm 133, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. It's where eternal life resides, is in unity, the unbroken unity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This last week, I was sharing at the gate. The more diverse the unity, the more diverse the elements that are brought together into unity, the sweeter it is. I don't totally understand all the mystery, but I do know that. I do know that that's true. I was talking at the gate on Tuesday morning to the guys, and uh, and I was uh, talking about the fact that uh, we're going through Genesis and uh, I was talking about um, the day before had been Martin Luther King Day and uh, I was brought up in a very segregated society Uh, and those of you who are in our age bracket, you were too more than likely I was brought up in a very segregated society and uh, and I, I, you know, even even by the time that Martin Luther King Day was introduced, I had mixed feelings about it. But the older I get, uh, the more I appreciate the man. He wasn't perfect, okay? wasn't wasn't perfect. He he had some some problems. Everybody has some problems. You know, whoever doesn't have, uh, whoever's able to pick up that first stone and and throw it, you know, you're dumb. <laughs> but. uh But the more I've come to appreciate the man because I look at my life and I look at all the people from different ethnicities and different races that without his work, I would never have known. And my life would be so much impoverished from what it is now. If, if, If everybody I knew was a southern white boy from Tennessee, how boring is that? Seriously, and I go, well, you know, I'm really thankful for that. Uh, that that when diversity is brought into unity, wow, there's just a sweetness. There's a there's there's a joy. There's a there's there's a fullness that's there, and and, and if eternal life and sweetness is the results of brethren being brought together in unity, imagine all things in heaven and on earth being brought together in unity under the headship of Jesus Christ. I can't imagine it, and neither could the Apostle Paul, but he said this, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's his plan. And it will happen when the times have reached their fulfillment. A lot of you uh, are aware of the fact that uh, our son, Isaac, um, opened a bakery this last year. And uh, it's it's just been crazy how successful it's been because they make the world's best donuts. Can I get a witness? (laughs) And... uh, and they not only make the world's best donuts, they also make some paleo donuts and they make some vegan donuts, you know, for people who do that stuff. And, uh, and, and it's just, and you know, people go, wow, I can eat donuts now. Uh, it's great. But uh, the, thing, the thing that's so weird about it is it takes three days to make these donuts. They, they have to make the dough on the first day, and it, then it has to be kept at a certain humidity and a certain temperature, and then on the next day they, they blend in uh, uh, the, uh, the rich French butter with it, and it has to be kept at a certain temperature and a certain humidity, and then, and then they can finally on the third day uh, throw it in the coconut oil and make, make the donuts, and it's just yum, yum, yum. You know what? Uh, on the second day it ain't so hot. And on the first day, it's just a donut. When the fullness of time comes, it's ready. Then it can be something good. And so we look around at the world and the, and the suffering that's in it and the agony that's in it and the trouble that's in it, and we go, why doesn't God, in the fullness of time, He will. When it's ready. He will, and I trust him. It, it just simply boils down to that. One of the things that that uh, one of the things that had, well, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was. A, I don't know now if it was the real reason or if it was just an excuse. But one of the things that was instrumental in me walking away from the Lord in my late teens was I was going, man, I. I You know, I don't get it. I mean, there are billions of people who never heard the name Jesus Christ. You mean to tell me every one of those are going to burn for eternity because they just happened to be born in the wrong place and never actually heard his name? And, uh, you know, and I'd ask a couple of my spiritual leaders and stuff about that. didn't get a very satisfying answer, or usually I would get no answer. But where I've come to is... I trust God. Everything he does is right. He is just in all his ways. I don't know all the answers. I can't explain everything. But I trust him. And I believe him. He is the judge of all the earth and he will do, he will do what is right. When it's right, he will do whatever needs to be done. In my life... In the world, in His plan, my trust is in the Lord. Whoever I'm backing may or may not get elected. I don't care. God will do what is right. What what I want to have happen may or may not happen. But in everything, He's at work for my good. And And the older that I get and the further that I go in my walk with the Lord, the more confident I become of the fact that I trust him and that's the baseline from which everything else is built because he's got a plan and I'm looking forward to it. Would you stand with me? Would those who are going to pray with people come this morning, Aren't you glad you came? I mean, seriously, you know, the, uh, the, the roads are going to be a lot better going back than they were coming. And you're just going to feel so righteous <laughs> that, that, you, that you got out and, and did that. You're just going to go, woo, yeah. God surely must love me today. Yeah. He loves you every, any day. And even if you hadn't made it today still love you you'd still be righteous what a god if you have a, if you have a prayer need uh, you come uh, as we worship for a few moments these brothers and sisters i uh, love to pray with you and uh, his grace is sufficient and it's available but like that peace that we often don't access and like that joy that we often forget about and don't access uh He'd like for you to ask. He'd like for you to ask. So if you got something, don't, don't try and do it yourself. Come. Come. He'll sort things out for you. If you don't know Christ, we'd love to introduce you to him today. You're not here by accident. You were chosen to be here. And if you don't need to come, worship with us for a few moments. While we wait on those who are coming.